Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen as some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to an episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident masshole, as always, Ian Cusick. Joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How you doing tonight, Bryce? I'm doing good. I kind of just realized, because when, when we start episodes, Ian counts down from, like, from five, and he never says one, so it reminds me of iCarly so much. I say one, don't I? I don't, I, I don't think you do, but and they, no one at home can tell us because they don't hear that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I say one, but uh, maybe it's just a subconscious I'm thing. I'm just going to start referring to you as Freddy. Freddy? All right, well, I guess, guess I'm Freddy now, but <laughs> anyways, um, pretty, it's going to be an off-season heavy episode because, well. For football, not be baseball. A, well, baseball kind of, I mean. Well, um, Football mainly because it's mostly a football episode. Because, uh, well, let's just start with football because it's it's been a pretty big week for NFL offseason stuff. Um, do you want to start with the combine or do you want to start with? The yes, let's, let's, let's just do a quick. Right. Let's do a quick combine because the other well, stuff. Originally, you, you see, I didn't expect free agency to start really, or like any like major trades kick off. I thought that that wouldn't start until next week when it's the new league year, but um. There's been a lot of shit going on this week with, uh, specifically today, like, there's been a couple of big trades, a couple of big signings, Yeah. but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, make, no, it is like, it's like 8pm on Friday when we're making Yeah, this. literally, it's like a full day afterwards. Like, we, we held off recording as long as we could, just because free agency was just popping off. It really was, so, um... So we just held it. Here we are now, um, so... Before we get into that, we're going to get into the Combine for a little bit, because um, even though the Combine itself wasn't, like, crazy, like last year's, or, like, no, it wasn't last year's, it was uh, the year before where, like, you know, there were some big bench press numbers, John Ross broke the record, but um, there was a couple of big, uh, a couple of big things to happen. The first is uh, DK Metcalf. Wide receiver from Ole Miss. Um, this dude is a freak athlete. Um, I'm just trying to find where his. Uh, do Do you know what? Do you remember what his forty time was? I don't remember his exact. I remember his bench reps was like twenty seven. Yeah, he had twenty seven on the bench, um, which actually was tied for first. Um, somebody else as a receiver, Neil Harry at twenty seven too. He did, yes. Yeah, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um Metcalf is definitely somebody I'm in. he's definitely going top ten now after this combine. He had an insane combine, he balled out. So I expect to see him go in the top ten, honestly. Yeah, Probably. DK DK Metcalf, he ran a four three three on the forty, which um is tied for third best, and it's only, it's tied with McCole Hardman from Georgia. But the two guys that are faster ran a 4-3-1, Paris Campbell and Andy Isabella, who a lot of people said might be the fastest guy in this draft class. But, um... You see, DK Metcalf is a freak athlete, freak of nature. 
I mean, what else can you really say about that? 27 bench press, a 43340. Um, he did not do good in like the three cone drill or anything so that's kind of weird like he's fast he's strong but his agility is not great he's still going top 10 though I mean, yeah it it don't matter he's he's going it it doesn't matter i think i could see him either going to like the there's three teams i see picking them they're all top 10 the lions jags and um Bills, I think. Well, we can, we can, we'll, we'll have to wait a second on the Bills because uh, something happened last night that uh, it might might have shaken up the wide receiver things, but maybe not. Maybe this is maybe this uh, isn't the case anymore. But um, yeah, no, I could definitely see the Lions. I absolutely could see the Jaguars, especially if they get Nick Foles in free agency. That that'll revitalize our offense a pretty good deal. At least I'm getting there. It's definitely you got a running game. You have somewhat of a receiving game. Yeah. What what else can you really say about that? I um. Well, you want to talk about what happened with AB or continue on? I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the combine a little bit more. But um, all right, so. As a Giants fan, I was watching um, Dwayne Haskins very closely, and honestly, I was impressed. I I loved what I saw from Dwayne. I I mean, I don't know. I think the Giants said they're lukewarm on him. I really want him to be like like the energy we had with Saquon on him because he he wants to be a Giant. He. That's one thing I said about him, and in the piece I wrote, um, you can't you can't make a player want to be some a, a a giant. You know, you can't like you can't make a player grow up loving your franchise like Dwayne did. And I think that's just something we can't pass up at six. Yeah, I I agree definitely. If he's there at six, you got to take him at six because you know he's not lasting much longer than six. He might not even be there at six. Maybe shit, but um, that's why you got That's why you got to pull the trigger on him then, because he's not going to be there for your next pick. Well, yeah, obviously he's not getting out of the, like top ten, fifteen area. Easily, easily. So your big guy was Haskins, obviously. Um, I, on the other hand, I was looking at Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. This man, mm. he put up 36 on the bench press. That was the second best at the whole combine. I mean, that's that's what you expect. I mean, he's a massive human being, a freak, a pretty good athlete for a guy who that that's his size. And he still put up the second highest total on the bench press, just behind, uh, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this, Ayosua Opeda from Weber State. He put up 39. So, uh, that, was a, that was a good attempt. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Wow. <laughs> it sounded I thought, I thought you knew for a second. I'm like, oh, wow. No, I don't. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, anyways, of course there was that. But then also, uh, a lot of mock drafts have the Patriots taking a tight end in the draft this year. Uh, a big name, TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. Uh, he might not going f- that far. Huh? He won't drop that far. I highly doubt it. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of really good tight ends in this draft. I don't... I honestly... I'm not 100% sure the Patriots are going to go tight end first round anymore. They might try to go, like, D-line or something. But, um... Hey, maybe maybe Dexter Lawrence will be available. I would not complain about that one bit. Mm. I mean, Lawrence got... 31? Yeah, the Patriots drafted 32. 32. 32, I apologize. 32, Dexter Lawrence? I don't know what that... Oh, yeah, possible. I guess anything's possible until it happens, right? Uh, you know, that's that's also true. But, um, anyways, Hawkinson was the big guy I was looking at because, you know, he and Noah Fant are both great, great tight ends at Iowa. Uh, Fant probably isn't going to make it to the Patriots as much as... Fant might be the one I prefer to Hawkinson, but these guys are both possible first-round talents. They're both very good football players. Uh, Fant ran a 4.5. Hawkinson ran a 4.7. So a fifth of a second. Um, I'm just going to... I'm going to see how Gronk... How fast Gronk... Gronk ran his 40. Excuse me. But, um... Alright, so Gronk ran a 4.68. So similar-ish speeds. Uh, Size-wise... I believe he's a little smaller than Gronk. Yeah, he's 6'5", 250. Gronk's like 6'6", 265 or something like that. But um, I could definitely see him being a very good Gronk backup if the Patriots go with him in the first round. Um, especially if Gronk, you know, decides he's not good for football anymore. Um, he's an instant starter talent. I could definitely see the Patriots utilizing him very effectively. I'd be very excited if they picked him. Obviously, you know, a backup tight end to start isn't a very exciting first-round draft choice, but it, it would be a good pick. I'd like it. Oh, uh, Noah Fant? Noah Fant, I see Noah Fant as more of the, the receiving tight end and Hawkinson's more of that, like, do-it-all tight end, kind of like he can block, he can go out get get a catch a pass stuff like that but i see fan kind of kind of like what evan ingram is more for like a sh kind of a receiver type you know yeah oh absolutely i mean fat's definitely faster probably more of like someone that you'd probably want to send on deeper routes it just it's like that you know it's um it's kind of that receiver tight end hybrid you see more yes on yeah. football and while Hawkinson's probably more of a traditional tight end. You know, what's interesting, though, is that uh, Hawkinson actually has a higher grade than um, Fant does right now. At least as, like, a prospect. Yeah. Grade. That is true. I think Hawkinson's ranked 15th overall. And, um... Well, Hawkinson's prospect grade is a 6.35, which means he's going to be an instant starter. Um... Fant only has a 5.86, which is uh, anything from like 5 to 6 is a chance to become an NFL starter. Uh, I don't know if I really agree with that sort of grade. I think they're both going to be NFL starters coming out of the gate, unless like they go to a team with a lot of tight end, with a really good tight end already. But then again, these guys are both first round talents. So why would you waste a first round pick on a talent unless, at a position you're already good at, unless you're first stringer is pretty injury prone or something like Rob Gronkowski or Jordan Reed like Jordan I mean do you see the Redskins drafting a tight end that no. early <laughs> no. no I mean Reed's no. injury prone yes but they've they've got 
way bigger problems, let's be honest. That's true. Yeah. But do they have as bigger problems as the Steelers right now? Oh boy, the Steelers. Let me tell you, that, that team is disintegrating fast. So, A.B., I want to just explain, because it's obviously happened by now. So, Thursday night, it was like almost midnight. It was like quarter to midnight, like 11.40 or something like that. Which, you know, it's not quarter to midnight, but whatever. And I see on the timeline from uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, Bills, Bills and Steelers had a, had a deal like almost set and in place. And there was, like, you know, it was, like, confusing because it wasn't, like, confirmed. It was just, like, it was about to happen. Everyone's getting their jokes off, as they do. And you wake up. I wake up today at, like, 7. Peep the timeline, and deal is absolutely collapsed. It's not happening at all. Bill's released a statement that it's not happening. And I think the reason, or the reason I saw was just AB was just, not willing to play for Buffalo at all. And he said this. He said this in the interview. He's only going to play for a team he likes or a contender. That's it. Like, he's not playing for no Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, I think people... That, that wasn't happening. It's... I think... I want to say that. I think people have this misconception of where um, a player doesn't have say in where he goes if he's being traded. Uh, that is not the case when you're Antonio Brown because he just literally stopped a trade because he said he won't play for that team. When you're a top so. five talent in the National Football League, you can kind of dictate where you want to go. Yeah. Like, he, he would go... He's going where he wants. Like, if he doesn't like where the... Or he doesn't like where the Steelers play or, or the Steelers send him, rather... He's not playing. He don't care. He already said he doesn't need football. He won't play. He doesn't care. He's either going to a team he likes or not playing. It's just really that simple. So people got to understand, AB does hold cards here. <laughs> like, he does have a leverage. And his leverage is really his talent. It, it, you're absolutely right. I... No, I think AB hasn't been traded yet as we're recording this. It looks like he's going to the Raiders, um, like, eventually. There's nothing official yet. Yeah, the whole thing with, uh, the whole thing with him going to the Raiders, he, uh, he was doing an Instagram Live earlier today, and, uh, one of his buddies, while he was working out, said, look at you, you already got your black and silver on already. And, um, for those of you who don't know, the only team in the National Football League that wears black and silver is the Oakland Soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. So, uh. They're actually not Oakland right now. They're going to be San Francisco Raiders this year. Are they still going to go by San Francisco, though? I don't know, but they're going to play in the Giants Stadium. Not the football Giants. The baseball, baseball Giants. Uh, baseball Giants. The former New York baseball Giants. A lot of former New York teams in California. At least two. Yeah, the Giants and the Dodgers. So, let's assume AB's going to the Raiders right now. Um, what do you think the Raiders ha are giving up for him? Like, what do you think that trade package is going to look like? Um, 
let me let me think about that for a second because I want to see where exactly their draft picks are for the first round. Because the Raiders have three firsts. They have three firsts, but I believe two of their firsts are in the back half. Well, in yeah, the back half of the draft. Uh, yeah, they're in like the twenties, uh, like mid to late twenties. The Raiders have the Bears pick at twenty-four and the Cowboys pick at twenty-seven. Uh, it's going to take at least one of those picks. I think they're going to give up. I don't think they give up a player because I don't think there's a player the Steelers want from the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are they're rebuilding themselves. Um, so I think if if AB was going to be traded to the Raiders. I think it would honestly take uh, 20... I, I mean, maybe... I, I saw somebody involve Carr in a package for him, which... Carr would be interesting I because... Um, I don't think so, but... I mean, there's always uncertainty about Big Ben. Um, it maybe, maybe they'd think that Derek Carr is the future of the franchise. I don't know if I agree with that, but it would definitely be an interesting way, interesting thing to look into. I think, I think it's either got to be one or both of the first rounders. I mean, and you're talking the late first rounders, right? Yes. I I don't think anyone's not pick four. He, they wouldn't. They're not giving a pick four. Right. I highly doubt they're giving a pick four. Unless the Raiders are throwing in, or unless the Steelers are throwing in their first rounder too, which I doubt. Uh, the Steelers are picking at twenty. So I don't, I don't think that'll warrant the fourth. Well, man, I mean, would you give up the fourth pick for AB in the twentieth? Well, then you got picks twenty, twenty-four, and twenty-seven. I mean, they wouldn't do that. I really think the Raiders, because I think the Raiders are like set on, dra on drafting Josh Allen at four, so they're not going to get that pick up. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think I think either both or at least one of those twenty four or twenty seven picks they got to go. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. Um, so. Pittsburgh gives up AB, and I'll yeah. say like a sixth rounder. Yeah. Oakland gives up pick 27 from the Cowboys, mm -hmm. a third, and a fifth. I think that's what it. I think that's what it would be. A third. You know what? No, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch. Uh, that third. I'm gonna make it the uh, pick 27, Oakland second, and then and then a fifth. Ooh. A first, second, fifth. Really? I know it sounds a little. It sounds a, a little like not much there, but um, that's an early second rounder, which is essentially a late first, if we're being honest. I mean, they, if they've got like the fourth pick of the second round, that's not too far into the second round. <sighs> so you, and then, I don't think I don't think a second's involved. You think it would? You don't? No, because it'll be like I like the first, third, fifth better. Like really? Yeah. Oh, you think? Do you think Oakland's overpaying in that case? And with the pick twenty-seven and their and their second, yeah, probably. Because that second's high. If it was like a mid-second or late second, maybe not. But that's like a that's like 
right after the first round, second. So those are high valuable picks. Well, yeah, it's a very valuable pick, but Antonio Brown's a valuable player, so. <sighs> I think I would say I'd pick twenty four, a third, and a fifth. Or right. A B and a and a fifth, or like a A B and a fifth, or sixth, something like that. All right. I'm I'm silently praying that AB at least gets traded while we're recording this. Cause it would be something like a the McCutcheon deal, except we actually saw this one coming. Yeah. And it's way more important than the McCutcheon deal. Yes. Um. Much more important. So, uh, anyways, we're not quite done with the NFL yet because we did mention. Free agency's kind of been popping all day today, and um, we haven't gotten a Schefter bomb in a couple hours, but... Might be the calm before the storm. Might be the calm before the storm. So, uh, let's... You want to do this chronologically? You can give any order you want. Alright, so, this is a trade... This is, this is probably... This this is a really good trade. I won't know. I can't really know if I can say this will be the best trade of free agency because we we won't we don't know who's getting traded exactly. Uh, so I believe this was just a straight up trade, but uh, the Giants, your New York Football Giants, sent Olivier Vernon to the Cleveland Browns for Kevin Zeitler. Um. I really like this. I really like this trade a lot. But uh, you being the Giants fan and all, why don't you? Uh, why don't you go in depth about that? Because I love this trade. This is one of the trades. Like this is that rare trade. Everyone gets what they need. Like this is a win-win, on paper at least. Maybe maybe that'll change when season starts going. But right now, on paper, this is a win-win for both teams. Like, Olivier Vernon, we wanted him gone at the deadline. Yeah. Like, um, he's good. Like, people people got to understand something. Olivier Vernon, the reason we didn't want him anymore is not because he wasn't good. He is very good. It's just he is very expensive. Massive cap hit. He's got yes. He's got like the cap hit of like Demarcus Lawrence, but he's no Demarcus Lawrence. He's not better. He is good, but he's not Demarcus Lawrence. He's a great. He's a good player, and all. It's just he wasn't worth the price tag y'all were paying. Um. So. And we get a uh, a right guard that is. God knows your offensive line needs it. Yes, this is the revamped O-line Gettleman was talking about last year. This is what he was talking about. Except this time when you revamped your O-line, you didn't throw the bag at Nate Solder. You threw the bag at someone that was good. We didn't throw the bag well, you, at you anyone didn't throw yet. the bag at, per se. We didn't throw the bag at anyone yet. That's the thing. We did this so we can throw the bag at somebody. True, true. Um, <laughs> well, the, yeah, but you, you say you make the Nate Solder joke. You're forgetting that in the second round we drafted... Probably the second best alignment out of that draft. That's your uh, your starting center, right? Oh wait, no, no, no. our left guard Willie Hernandez. I was thinking about your uh, your center because he also resigned today, but we were he really going to talk about that. So yeah, um, uh, Giants O line gonna be dangerous, which means Saquon Barkley 
is going to destroy the NFL this year. Yeah, Saquon, I mean, he had 2,000 yards last year, and the line was not good. I understand Chad Wheeler is still right tackle, but... I mean, up the mid- there's no excuses now. Up the middle, Saquon should be... Yeah, you got to run off the guards. Just run off the guards now. No tackle runs, even though Saquon can do that, but... I Look, mean, I like, I like but Nate Solder, he's not a very, he's not a great run blocker. He's he's a pass blocker. Yeah, he's even he's even got some rough edges with that. Oh, he's not good. He he doesn't he's not in the system anymore. He's not good. I did, I wish we didn't throw the bag at him, but it is. What I it is. I agree. I don't think you should have thrown the bag at him, but. Well, listen, I'm not Gettleman. Ah, that per sources Bryce Olds is not Gettleman. Um. I really do like this trade, though. I think it, it we did everything we could have done right. I honestly thought, because I saw the trade, we I saw we traded Vernon to the Browns, and I thought, mm, maybe I don't, maybe we're getting, like, Duke Johnson and, like, a third back for that. And I saw we got Zeitler. I was just, wow, really? So, I mean, somebody that good. I mean, yeah, I th- I really do think that both sides win in this trade. Like, Kevin Zeitler's a great player. The Browns aren't really missing out on, like, a lot because they have a young right guard right now. I guess that means that they're pretty set. Um, Zeitler, he's going to do a lot of good things for the Giants, so I really love this trade. Who's next? Who's next? Uh... All right. Marcus Gilbert, right tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is now an Arizona Cardinal. Um, I think it was just a straight-up Gilbert for a sixth-rounder. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, a, he's, a, he's a good player. He's got some injury issues, so he it looks like he was probably going to get cut anyways. So um, I think this is a pretty... I won't say it's a great move, because I don't think he's an incredible player. He's... He's serviceable, and frankly, the Cardinals need whatever they can get right now. So, um, who do I think really won this deal? I don't really know. I mean, a late sixth rounder for a starter on offense. I guess I don't know. I think this is. I think this is ridiculous. How could the Steelers give up a starter for a sixth? Well, it looks like he was going to get cut anyways because injury concerns. Yeah, but a sixth. You right. could have done better than you could have. You could have. You definitely pick. could have done better, but was it necessarily a bad thing? Uh, maybe you could have gotten. Better. I don't love this. I love it for the Cardinals. I don't love it for the Steelers, though. Yeah, I guess I'll say the Cardinals won that one then. Six round pick. Come on now. All right. So next up. My New England Football Patriots are finalizing, no. or they finalized a deal to send Michael or to acquire Michael Bennett. My bad. Uh, I believe they're getting Michael Bennett for. Okay, here it is. So the Patriots sent a fifth rounder to Philadelphia for Michael Bennett and a seventh rounder. Um, I have mixed feelings about this or about this trade. Um. On the plus side, we have a veteran pass rusher who still has who's shown that he's still got gas left in the tank. He's still an effective player. 
Um, the downside to this, of course, means that Trey Flowers is almost definitely gone. And this is Bill Belichick's way of replacing him. Um, number one, I'm going to say this. If you ever say the phrase New England football Patriots again, <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, and number two, I don't hate the trade per se. Um, uh, Michael Bennett for a, a seventh uh, or fifth. A fifth. A fifth. Gets a seventh Michael Bennett and a seventh for a fifth isn't bad. But at the end of the day, this is a downgrade. Like, this is... This oh, isn't... no one's saying it's not a downgrade, but it's not the worst downgrade that could have happened. I mean, he's still no. a good player. I just think um, it could have been better. I feel like you could have maybe, you know, tagged Flowers, but that's just how I feel about that. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. You could have done that, but A, that's a huge cap hit. B, I mean, unless you get him to a long-term deal, then you're only getting him for one more season anyways, unless you want to franchise tag him again, which is just a bigger cap hit at that point. I think, yeah, but Trey Flowers is worth it. Like, he's worth it. I agree he's worth putting up a big salary cap hit, but, again, that cap hit, that's only going to get bigger and bigger every year until you reach a long-term deal with him. And at that point, do you want... I mean, the franchise tag for defensive end this year is like $17 million or something like that. If you... I, w I would have no issue with paying that for this year. But if you're going to try to reach a long-term deal with him, do you really want that to snowball upwards of like possibly $20 million a year at that point? I mean, if he gets better and deserves it, then yeah. Oh, he'll absolutely deserve whatever whatever payday he's getting. He He deserves it easily but that's just my issue with it it's gonna snowball into a higher thing unless unless you can agree to it early and you don't have to pay the franchise tag this year so like let's say the franchise tag is 17 mil and you strike a deal for 15 mil a year over like four years or five years that's that's good very good you're trying to but cheap out on good players though that's that's kind of, uh, I hate to say it, but that's how New England does it. They they yeah, don't not doing it with this guy though. Hey, and props to him, man. If he doesn't want to, if he doesn't, if he if he wants to get what he thinks he's worth, by all means, he's earned it. So I'm. If he leaves in free agency, it's been a hell of a ride, Trey. But go get your payday, man. He's earned it. I can't. That's all I can really say about that. Who's next up? All right, so the last big move. The Arizona Cardinals released quarterback Mike Glennon and safety Antoine Bethia. I'm just kidding. That's not the big move. Nah, it's actually it's a different NFC West team. Uh, the Rams signed Eric Weddle, who just got cut last night. It was last night, wasn't it? Thursday night? I think it was, yeah. Either last night or... It, it was it was like it was within the last two days from the time of recording this, so Wednesday at the at the earliest. Um, yeah, he's he just recently got cut by Baltimore. Uh, he's a great player, and the Rams now have a 
great free safety to replace LaMarcus Joyner, who's probably going to go in free agency. So, um, yeah. Eric Weddle to the Rams makes that defense honestly just as good. He's kind of on the older side, but like he's still, again, a veteran presence. He's still shown that he's very capable of playing. I think the Rams, this is a very good, a very good signing. I mean, I don't know how big. I feel like it's a, at least a small upgrade from Joyner. Maybe not too much, but I do like this. I think this is um, this is going to work out really well for them. Weddle is a baller. I think he'll like it in, uh, in L.A. I don't know where the Rams get the money for this stuff. But. Uh, my guess is that they're since I'm, I honestly don't know how cap strained they are for this season. Obviously, they're very cap strained. I don't know. He must be taking like a very, very small amount of money in this deal. He's probably just. I mean, he's he's made it. He's made his money. He's probably just here trying to win a, a championship. And he's taking, like, a significant, significant pay cut from what he would have taken in Baltimore. Probably. He just wants a ring. I think so. And I think the Rams are probably... If this season's been any indication, it's definitely one of the best options out there. So, uh, are we moving into our, our baseball? Yes. What do you think? We are going to move into baseball. Unless... Within the next 15 seconds, Schefter uh, tweets out something, some big news, but it doesn't look like anything's happening, so yeah, let's move on to baseball. Uh, so, like football we were just talking about, MLB free agency, um, it's been going on the past couple months, really. Uh, there's been a reason why we didn't talk about it on the podcast, even when we found ourselves scraping the barrel for topics. Bryce and I agreed we weren't going to touch MLB free agency until Machado and or Harper were signed. Well, uh, Machado signed two weeks ago. Harper signed last week. So here we are. Um, honestly, another reason why we didn't talk MLB free agency is that there were not a lot of big names signed in free agency. So with that, We've, we narrowed our list down to seven big names because, frankly, there were a lot of guys that we didn't think were going to either A, have that huge of an impact, B, weren't really significant enough names, or C, there's actually a couple of them that haven't even signed yet that are, like, bigger name players. So, um, obviously... There's going to be some players that we missed. If you're listening to this, you want to know our takes on them, just tweet us what you what, tweet us about the players you want to know. We'll give you our inputs on them. Uh, so starting off, we're going to go super quick for these first two. Uh, Bryce Harper signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, we talked about this deal last episode. I love this deal. Harper is obviously going to be an immediate impact. He's going to bring some power to that lineup. He doesn't have the greatest batting average in the world, but again, the offensive production... Our Jim Bowden oh, confirming oh, the news. Manny Machado. Sorry, my bad. That was, there was a little ad playing, but... uh, Like I said, yes, Bryce Harper, he's going to the Phillies. He's going to add power to the lineup. 
is there really much else I can say? You, you know who Bryce Harper is. He was every, all eyes run him this off season. He is the hottest commodity of baseball. Uh, the Philly, they're gonna, they're gonna be, um, they're gonna be in the hunt this year. They're gonna be doing some big things. I think the Phillies, the Phillies are gonna be an issue this year because. Uh, they they got him. They got J T. Real Muto. They got David Robertson. Hell, you want to talk about Andrew McCutcheon? Um, He'll probably start. Yeah, McCutche- uh, McCutcheon. He might not be like a starter starter, but he might be like a he might be like a utility sort of guy, like Brock Holt is. He uh, he'll be still be like a. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that to McCutcheon, dog. Hey hey, don't don't, don't compare. Brock Holt. Don't slam. Okay, I'm comparing the position. McCutcheon is an MVP. You know what? McCutcheon, McCutcheon probably all of famer. Honestly, don't don't put Brock Holt in a category I'm, with. I'm McCutcheon. not. I'm not comparing them as players. I'm comparing them by the positions. Brock Holt, he's a utility guy. McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon not going to play in no damn infield. Nah, he's going to be like an outfield utility guy. You know, he'll play anywhere in the outfield. Really, maybe I worded that badly, but. That it's beside the point. Disrespectful. Whatever, man. That's disrespectful. Whatever, That's, man. That is so slander. I can't even believe this. All right, you know. Wow. All right, let, it, it's beside the point. Well, Kutcher ain't even fall off though. That's I, I not. Never said what, he I did. What's you, you just compare him to Brock Holt. I. You know what? It, again, it's beside the point. It's beside the point. Sad. So. We're we're just gonna focus on Bryce Harper here because obviously he's the big the biggest name out of these guys. So, last season, the Phillies went eighty and eighty two, so a sub five hundred team. How many wins do you think this Harper signing itself will add to the team? Obviously, this is a tough one because the Phillies it's, were very active in free agency. You can't just say the Harper signing because Romuto and. Um, Everyone else they signed matters. They didn't sign anybody that isn't going to help them win. Of course. So I think if you combine the Harper, Ramudo, and everyone else signings, I think they go from 80 wins. I think they can go to about 97 wins. I think they can win 97 or more games this year. From right, 80 so last you think, year. So you're saying 97? Uh, yeah. I agree. The Phillies are going to make a big, big jump. I don't know if I'm going to say they're going to go up 17 wins from last season. I'm going to put them at like I a think 90. So. I'm going to put them at like a 93, 94 win team this year. So a big jump, indeed. I don't know. It's not not quite as big as what you have in mind. That's four games, though. You know, uh, four games can be a huge difference. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, the other big name on the market this offseason was Manny Machado. Uh, played for the Orioles, got traded to the Dodgers at the deadline. Now he's a free agent. Well, actually, he's not a free agent anymore. He signed with the San Diego Padres on a mega deal. Um, the Padres sucked this year. They were, like, the second-worst team in the National League at 66 and, what is that, 90? That's 66 and 96, I think. I've only got the win totals, not the total records. Um, but beside him, though, the Padres weren't very busy, were they? No, they they were not that busy this off season. So, to my uh, knowledge, to my knowledge, I agree. Yes. Um, 
Not not like the Phillies. Yeah, they were nowhere close to what the Phillies did. So we can re- we can really focus on how much Machado himself can contribute to the win totals. Uh, they like I said, they had sixty six wins last season. How many more wins do you think Machado can bring to San Diego? I honestly, I think Machado only bring. I think the Padres can win seventy five games this year. Or I mean, maybe more, maybe less, but I'm gonna put him in that seventy-five area. I don't think Machado. I mean, unless the prospects they have start coming up and balling out, which could happen, I don't see them being like a contender. Not this year. In the future, yes. Not right now, though. So I think they win about 75 games this year. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think they're about a 75-win team this year. Um, Machado's not going to be enough to make you a contender in a division, but if the pieces start falling in place and, you know, some young guys in their system start balling out, they start getting called up to the big leagues, they get a couple other big names in free agency, this team will be a contender in a couple years. So this year they're not doing anything, but... Give it some time. They'll be, they'll. I'll, I'll say they'll be a contender. I won't say anything about winning a championship because I think that's a little. Oh, they'll be contending in a couple of years, just not this year. Yeah. All right. So, next up, Patrick Corbin, uh, formerly a pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he is now a pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Um. I'm going to start off by saying Corbin is a he's an excellent player. But the thing about the Nationals is that while they have an incredible pitching staff, that's all they have. I mean, they got Juan Soto, yes, they got a couple other You got Rendon. You got Rendon. Yeah, they've got they've got some good players on offense, but like it's not going to be enough to win a playoff series per se. Hmm. Um. So this is going to be a little different from the first two because now we're going into an actual pitcher. Uh, how much do you think Corbin will contribute to the Nationals' win total? How many wins they get this recent season? Uh, this recent season they went eighty-two and eighty. Eighty-two and eighty. Yes, sir. I think. Looking at the Nationals now, uh, losing Harper, getting Corbin, I think they win, I'm going to say they win 85 games this year. 85. I don't, I don't see him being like, I don't see him setting the world on fire. You know, I don't see him, because Corbin, listen, Corbin pitches like once a week if you're lucky, you know, maybe twice a week. And now, I know the Nationals have probably the best starting five in the MLB, but that lineup isn't that lineup isn't going to drag you. Like to you a said, World it's series. not setting the world on fire. So yeah, that's not going to blaze anything. You know, that's not really what you look at. The, you know, other than Juan Soto and Rendon, nobody really jumps off the page. So it's like I don't see the Nationals being much better or worse than they were this year. Yeah, that's I agree 100%. I actually don't have them having much of a change in wins at all. 
I think this team's going to be an 81 to 83 win ball club this year because while Corbin's a great pitcher and all, that offensive production from Harper that they don't have anymore, it's going to hurt a lot. And I don't think Corbin, Corbin, despite how good of a player he is, I don't think that's going to be able to cover it up. So I'm going to, I'll say, I'll give him, I'll give him the 83 wins this year. So they go up by one win. Uh, I respect that. All right. Uh, another Diamondback leaving in free agency this offseason. AJ Pollock, an outfielder, goes from Arizona to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so just a little bit of reference. Uh, the Diamondbacks, or no, the Dodgers, my bad. Uh, they went 92 and 70 this year. And they won the National League pennant for the second year in a row. But did not quite win the World Series. So, how do you think this Pollock signing impacts the Dodgers? Uh, could you repeat the number of wins they had? They had 92. It's going down. It's going down. They're not winning 90 games. They traded... I mean, they traded so many people. They trade, They made all these trades aiming for Harper. True, and true. Instead of getting... Instead of getting Harper, they just lose Machado. Um, do they still they still have Dozier and Seager, right? I know they do still have Seager. I believe they still have Dozier. I mean, this still is a decent team. It's just, I feel like they're going to go down in wins. I don't think they win ninety. I think they win about. 88 games this year. You know, I don't see him... I don't think they're as good as they used to be. I don't see him going back to the, even the NLCS. I don't... You know, I just don't see the Dodgers as a team to take serious anymore. Yeah, I I can understand that. Um, I... This was on... The Dodgers are honestly a weird team. Because, like you said, they... They traded away a lot of talent. Uh, they don't have Yasmani Grandal anymore. They don't have Yasiel Puig anymore. Um, that's going to hurt a lot. So I wasn't really sure, but I think I'm going to agree with you. And I'm going to say around 88 wins this year. Because, again, the National League's only getting better. And sure, Pollock's a great, great player. But again, just like the Nationals, they I think they have a net loss here with who they had compared to who they got. Not to knock on Pollock or anything. It's just you lost Machado, you lost Grandal, you lost Puig. It's it's tough to justify that and say that they got more wins. Who's next? Next up, we got Josh Donaldson, a third baseman for the Cleveland Indians, now going over to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the Braves this year went 90-72, and 72, and they won the National League East. So, what do you think? They won what? How many games they won? They won 92. Oh, no, they won 90. Yeah. My bad. They won 90 games? Yeah, 90. I can see the Braves with Donaldson. I can see them winning about 94 games, honestly. I think they can go up four more games. And obviously, I said the Phillies are winning 97, so they obviously wouldn't win them the 
then at least again. But that would definitely give him a wild card. Yeah. All right. So um, Donaldson, he he's going to be a good player for the Braves for sure. Uh, he's been hurt a lot recently, but should he stay healthy, he's going to contribute a lot on offense. He's got a lot of power. To a Braves lineup that's got a lot of talent as is. It's a lot of young talent. Um, so I'm going to actually do a reverse of what you said. I'm going to say that while the Phillies are going to win 93-94 games, I'm going to say that the Braves are going to wind up winning 97-something games this year. Really? Yes, because I loved a lot of what I saw. Once that young lineup started to congeal, they were on fire. Not a lot of teams could stop them. I have very high expectations for the Braves lineup this year. And should they wind up signing Craig Kimbrell, that only gets better. So, I no, that's a little bit of a hypothetical at this point, but they are supposed to be the front runner to sign him in free agency, even though he hasn't signed for some reason. That is true. Because Craig Kimbrell's being a free agent still does change things, so... We'll see. Do I understand why he's a free agent still? No. But uh, it is what it is. He wants his pay, so he'll be at his pay, I guess. Um, anyways, we're going to move on to the sixth one on our list. And this, frankly, might be one of the more... This, this one might be just a massive game-changer. Uh, Adam Adovino, reliever for the Rockies, now in New York for the Yankees. Um, uh, we we talked about him recently. I think did we even we might have talked about him last episode, didn't we? Or at least we mentioned him. We never gave a topic for him. We never gave we a, des- a dedicated up. topic to him, but like we, I think he was brought up at last episode because I remember talking about him a little bit. But um. So, like I said, he went to the New York Yankees. They already won 100 games last year. But with a struggling bullpen, this is going to add some wins. I don't know if we get over 100. It's because 100 wins is difficult. That's, you know, that's hard to do. Um, Obviously, we did it. We had 100 and we did get better, despite Yankee fans thinking we cheaped out this offseason. We did get better. You had no reason to throw the bag at Machado or Harper as was. No, we had no reason. I know that. We had no reason to throw the bag at Machado. I did want some, Harper. Some Yankee but... fans don't seem to understand that. Oh, listen. I'm different, and I know better. Everyone wants Cashman's head on a plate, but listen, he ain't really do nothing wrong, man. I would never want a Machado, ever. I, I didn't want Machado on my team, really. I mean, I would have accepted if he did. If it did happen, I would have accepted it. But I didn't really want that. I would rather have Harper, but neither happened. That's okay. We we got Tulu. I mean, that's a good that's a good piece to have. I don't. I I could see the Yankees improving past a hundred. But I also could see them not. I don't know. Maybe I'll just flatline it. I'll just put it at a hundred again. 
right. I don't think they go up or down. I could see it going either way, so I'm going to put it in the middle. Uh, the AL East is going to be a deadlock this season. You know, the Red Sox are still good. Yankees got better. The Rays, I'd say they got better. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I agree. It's not going to be a massive shift upwards of downwards. I'll give the Yankees the benefit and say that they do improve by, like, maybe two wins. So I'll give them 102 wins. Just because that lineup is so dangerous. The bullpen only got better. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say 102 wins. 102, okay. Now, is that above or below what you put on for the Red Sox this year? Ah, uh, you know, this... This is going to depend... I'm not going to give you a straight answer for this one because there's a lot of question marks right now. Um, given the current state of the bullpen... They don't win 100 games of, with that bullpen. I mean, did how much did they rely on the bullpen last season, though? A lot of it came from shutdown starting pitching and a powerful lineup that was able to just really outslug a lot of opponents. <sighs> Listen, if, if that... If that is like what you use for NyQuil at night to sleep, then no, I use, I use regular NyQuil to sleep at night because uh, that's, you should do that every night. Uh, when you're sick, you pretty should, pretty much should. Uh, even then, you're not supposed to do four doses over like a four day period. But ah, uh, well, I'm gonna die then, I guess, because yeah, <laughs> liver, your liver's screaming, and it's not it's, it's not because of the other thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, we'll talk about. I think that'll be a topic next episode. We can do with. Uh, I was uh, I, I was actually going to talk about you after the after recording this, um, doing like an AL preview and then an NL preview possibly, but um. Ooh, like like, like back in the day, like, like, like how we started, the, like, like how we started. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. But uh, <sighs> you know, we we can we can discuss that later. Possibly either tonight or Tuesday or something. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll say the Red Sox are around the same point right now. But, uh, again, this all depends on how the bullpen looks. So I can't I, I can't comment on that yet. Uh, who's the last guy on the list? Uh, all right, so the last guy on the list, uh, former Red Sox and former Yankee legend Andrew Miller... Uh, relief pitcher for the Cleveland Indians is now a St. Louis Cardinal. I almost said Arizona. See what <laughs> football's been doing to me? So, uh, anyways... Oh, football, oh, football did much to you. Football, football's, done much, football's done a lot to me <laughs> on multiple levels. Um, so, anyways... The Cardinals won 88 games this year, but did not make the playoffs because the National League was actually kind of stacked this year. Um... They actually didn't really even come close to sniffing the wild card, which I found to be kind of wild. But uh, so, anyways, Andrew Miller—he's more of like a setup man to a closer type role. So uh, it's not—I wouldn't say that he's going to be adding a lot of wins, but maybe okay. he's going to be closing out a lot of games. Maybe Andrew Miller won't be the guy who's bringing a lot of wins to the. Uh... To the car, to the the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, Arizona. But somebody else, uh, somebody else is. Yes, there's someone else that the Cardinals acquired, who's going to be yeah. helping out a lot. And why don't you tell him who that was, Bryce? Uh, that that was uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. 
And I think the Cardinals actually, I think they can jump up to about 95 <laughs> to 96 wins this year because yeah, of Goldschmidt, really. Not really strictly Miller. Miller will help. Miller's going to make sure gonna help they solidify those 95 wins, but he's not going to like, he's not going to contribute wins. Yeah. Goldschmidt, well, Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt and Carpenter. All right. <laughs> so, um, I Goldschmidt and Carpenter. That's gonna be a good, good middle of the lineup right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little bit lower. I'll say like 91 to 93 wins this year. You know, I'll say 93 because I just realized mm -hmm. that 88 to 91. That's still that's too small of a jump for Goldschmidt. I'll say he adds on five wins this year. Slate the Cardinals in as a 93-win team. And before they get, like, 39 wins. If they get 39 <laughs> wins. Like, yeah. everyone gets injured in April and they just not even tank. Not even Baltimore's <laughs> going below 39 wins this season. That's, That's true. Baltimore might get, like, 50 or something. The over-under's at 59.5 for them right now, so. Mm. I think that's it. I do think that's it. We were going to talk NBA, but with all our, everything that's been going on with NFL free agency, we were just planning on revisiting the Lakers. And, like, I mean, who really the cares? Need to. The only relevant thing uh, going on with the Lakers right now, aside from the fact that they suck, is that LeBron passed Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list, which makes LeBron, LeBron fans on the timeline incredibly irritating. But aside from <laughs> that, I mean, hey, congrats, LeBron. Best basketball player of all time. There, a Boston fan said it. Yeah. Um, I think you all would know better than most others. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we, we ain't going to go into that right now. But, um, yeah, um, we don't have any questions this week, so uh, y'all got to do better with the questions. You got to actually ask some of us. We do. Well, we do too, but <laughs> that's, that's half the battle. Y'all have to ask us questions, so... Uh, if you got any any sports related questions that are reasonable, so a couple of y'all that are listening right now know what I mean by <laughs> reasonable. Um, anyways, feel free to ask us. We'll definitely answer them on the show if they're good. Um, and yeah, if there's nothing else to say, one final check for Schefter. Nothing, so I guess no AB this week, unless this episode never airs, because if AB gets signed, we're redoing this whole episode. <laughs> no, so that's, you know, great. AB, please sign on Sunday. I don't want to have to do this again. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, thank you for listening. This has been episode 30 of I'm Walking Here. Um, thank you for the continuous support through 30 weeks of this show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ENMQ6, spelled C-U-S-I-C-K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at itsbriz, at I-T-S-B-R-I-Z-Z. -Z. If you want to support the show and buy some awesome merch, mine got in on Tuesday. I love it. Shout out to Agent Inc. You can use the link in our bio. Use code IWH10 for 10% off your total order. And that'll do it. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. <laughs>